this is Darren Fox, and this is the Fast Leader Leadership Podcast. And today we are talking about how you as a manager can support and lead your teams through rapid change. And probably now more than ever, this is a very timely and important topic because it seems like we're constantly going through rapid change, but at the same time, it seems like a slow burn and long sustained change. So this should be a very interesting conversation and very practical. And so to help us have this chat today is Tracy McGrath. Tracy is a Perth-based organizational consultant, facilitator, and leadership coach who works closely with us at HFL Leadership. She particularly specializes in creating a functional workplace relationship and outcomes and resolving internal conflict. In fact, Tracy has joined us previously on a podcast on that specialty about conflict management, which you can check out on our fastly.com website or on Spotify or iTunes. Tracy works all over Australia. She also works globally, and I understand she's just picked up a brand new client from the Netherlands, and she is a radio broadcaster, which you can check her out from the Earth Radio Station. So what was the station again, Tracy? Curtin FM 100.1. Okay, just a, a quiet little plug. It is a community station, so no problems. Okay, so thank you very much, Tracy, for joining us today. You're welcome. As an introduction, when I first reached out to you asking if you'd like to be a podcast with us again, you suggested talking about leading during rapid change. So why did you suggest this topic to talk about? Well, the reason this is so significant is that we're living in exponential times. Buckminster Fuller, who was a futurist uh, strategist, basically identified a number of years ago that the human knowledge is available, is doubling exponentially and if we have a look you know back at the 1600s we had about 450 million population you know now we're up to the billions and if you look at the graph you will actually see that human knowledge is increasing exponentially and IBM have actually estimated that through the internet of things our knowledge is actually going to double every 12 hours So what this means for us practically is our generation, the future generations need to be able to adjust to change quickly and without the distress that is actually being very apparent around the world at the moment. Okay, great. There's this great little YouTube video that shows some of these exponential changes that you've talked about, you know, and that was five years ago. Being exponential has probably got even worse just in terms of the changes that have happened in such a short period of time. So I'll find that and I will post it on our fastly.com website for our listeners. So I guess the next question is, why rapid change as opposed to just change in general for people leaders? Well, incremental change or slower change doesn't cause the distress that rapid change does. In fact, we have new additions to our language people will complain of change fatigue. It's now a recognised condition, and they say it's characterised by lingering mental and physical tiredness associated with organisational change. And basically, they've lost any sort of enthusiasm or optimism. They're feeling overwhelmed. It's often commonly attributed and caused by ineffective leadership and poor management of organisational change. And given that this is going to be ongoing, as professionals and managers, we totally need to know how to get our people to be change ready and how to 
improve the responses that we have and our organisation has every time a new wave of change comes along. Thanks for that, Tracy. That was a good introduction to the topic. Getting into more specifics then, I know we're making a generalisation here, but in your experience, how well do supervisors cope with change themselves as individuals? Not at all well. Not at all well. And in fact, one of the things that makes a frontline leader potentially really valuable to their organisation is their response to change. So basically, if you have a positive response to change and that's going to impact on how you bring your people through change, it makes you extremely valuable. Unfortunately, most leaders are actually liabilities when it comes to change management because they themselves don't have a particularly good response to change. Okay, that's a great segue into the next question. And so that's managing change themselves in terms of individuals, but they probably don't do very well in terms of supporting their people through change that is imposed upon them because that's reality, right? So most frontline leaders aren't necessarily leading or introducing change. They're required to support their people and get their people on board through a change that is imposed upon them either by executives or senior level management or by some sort of external change. Very much so. And what we've also got to be aware of is people are really good at ignoring unwelcome facts. So at an individual level, it might be that they simply didn't see it coming. And that's not as unreasonable as it sounds. When you consider that being future focused is a strategic mindset that many people don't develop in the early stages of their career, or perhaps it's an emerging skill. The second thing is we might see it coming and we don't want to see it coming, so we're really good at ignoring it. But there's also the organisational responsibility. Maybe you're in an organisation where you were told this change is coming ages ago, but the time frame keeps changing. You know, it's going to happen this month. Oh, no, now it's going to happen next month. Oh, maybe we're thinking 2021. And I think we've all been with organisations where this imposed change keeps being postponed. And then, of course, there's the situation where we simply don't believe what we're told because we've been told things before and it hasn't been followed through on or there's been a change of manager and, oh, no, we're not doing that now. So it's not just individuals not wanting to face facts. We have quite a bit of cynicism sometimes around the purported changes that are going to occur. Thanks for that, Tracy. And I really think that people managers, the frontline manager, the importance of them in terms of organizational change is always underestimated. Organizations will typically bring in like these really expensive change managers and build these sort of big strategic change plans and strategies, which are important. But the reality is what's most important is that when a change hits the ground, where it matters is the conversation that a line manager has with their employees. And that's probably the most important role that line managers can play is that. And I really think quite often that the hierarchy or the pyramid of the organization needs to be inverted to just really sort of emphasize the importance that people leaders have, especially when it comes to leading through change. The other thing that you mentioned is you talked about how people early in their career don't have that enterprise or strategic thinking. I get asked that a lot when I'm coaching frontline leaders, but I'm getting asked that a lot as well when I'm coaching our technical experts in our expertship program. 
So it might be worthwhile to think about doing a podcast about strategic thinking for frontline people leaders. Absolutely. So the next question I would have for you then is, we just finished talking about how managers themselves hope would change, but how well do they support their people through change? One goes with the other. You think about it. If I have an adverse response to change myself, with the best of intentions, that's what I'm going to communicate to my team. Mm -hmm. So really you want people to think about change from a model perspective. So, for example, there's five levels of response to change. Now, the bottom level is basically you're going to ignore it. You're resistant to change. This is your entrenched people. Emotionally, they're stuck. Not only will they do nothing, if anything, they will deny that the change is occurring or should occur. They'll object. They'll resist sometimes passively, sometimes really actively. So that's ground level. Now, at the next level up, these people are enduring change. They're not keen about it, so they're reluctant participants. And basically, they're guided by the pack. They will do what everyone else is doing, hence the panic buying of toilet paper. Most people would never have thought of it. It's monkey see, monkey do. So at this second level, there's mimicry. There's minimal adaptation or adjustment, basically until the change has been in effect for some time. What will happen, though, is the minute the pressure to implement that change goes away, they will revert to pre-change conditions. So the first two levels are seeking to minimise and avoid the third level is adaptation. These people will respond to change. They'll accept it. There is some level of responsibility, so they'll start adjusting to the new condition. Now, they're rolling with change, but they're not embracing it. This is still an imposition on them. Now, level four, this is where we hit the higher levels. These people are embracing change. Their response is resolution they're looking at putting in quality levels of adaptive response. And the ultimate level is level five, where people are looking to extend change. This is our disruptive practices. How do you redesign the way you do whatever it is that you do? Can you use this opportunity to reinvent the way you go about doing your business? And we've seen all five of these levels in different industries throughout this COVID-19 period. If we know this model as an emerging leader, you can sit down and you can go, okay, where am I in this model? What do I need to do to get to the next level? Now, to be fair, you can't get to the disruptive level without strategic thinking, without being able to see the trends, perhaps even create trends. So levels four and five are very much sophisticated skill sets, but that doesn't mean we can't be building them very early on in our career. Okay, great. Is it possible for a people leader to move people through those levels to get to level five, even though some people may be at level one, can people actually be moved through those levels? I actually see that that's the leader's obligation to their people. A good leader isn't just implementing tasks 
or in this case, the specific task of change. A good leader is growing their people. Now, fundamentally, we have to grow our people on three levels. We have to grow our people intellectually to help them have the appropriate mindset so that they can go about the workplace in an effective way. We also then want them to have the comparable emotional set. So say, Darren, you said to me, Tracy, we want to implement a change. We want me to have the emotional set of this is exciting. This is an opportunity. I could grow as opposed to me being totally intimidated and going, oh, look, Darren, sorry, I'm, I'm really not sure I want to be involved. And the third component is it's all very well me having maybe the right mindset, the right emotional response, but I actually have to do something. So behaviour is critical and I actually have to do something that is useful. What might be some of your top hints and tips that frontline managers who may be being asked to support or lead their people through a change could start applying right away, starting tomorrow morning, to help their team get through a change? Okay, so if I may, I'll put it in terms of what I think are the leader's six change obligations. The first one is implement the change. That's the message from on high, you will do this thing. Part of that is, two, they need to support their people. Three is to protect the organisation's reputation, both internally and externally. And one of the ways they do that is how they treat their people. Fourth, we all know communication is critical for the success of any change process. They're expected to anticipate problems because bearing in mind the decision for whatever this change is was made at senior levels. But it's the front line, the emerging leader that's on the ground floor that will actually see how something that's nice strategically might have problems practically. Mm -hmm. And so they have to anticipate problems And also manage expectations, critically manage the expectations of the people around. So when we're looking at hints and tips, a couple of common mistakes is that first one is fail to support your people. And to be honest, I have actually seen some appalling examples of this recently. One where someone who had been a highly committed and well-regarded staff member was so mismanaged by their manager that not only did it kill their commitment, several people who were literally just observing the situation requested to be moved out of that team because they'd basically gone, if I can't trust the leader to protect that guy who's exemplary, there's no way I expect them to protect me. And not only has it led to a general feeling of distrust, it's actually killed the reputation of that manager or, well, it's given them a reputation, but it's not one that I think they would want people to have. So it's not just in change. Any frontline leader needs to be able to support their people. But let's go back to the earlier point. If I don't have a good response to change myself, it's going to be quite hard for me to change for my people. Mm. Okay, so hints and tips. The first error is failing to support your people. Now, we've touched on one way to do that 
is to help them identify their thinking. So when we are talking about a change and we've given the team time to perhaps get over their surprise shock resistance, start talking about the three different components. So the first one is having the team have a discussion that says, how could this change be beneficial? And that seems fairly simple, but bear in mind, a lot of people don't think strategically. So if we hold the space as the manager and say, let's have a conversation and discuss how this would be beneficial, they're gonna sit in the group and some of them are gonna think of benefits that will never cross your mind, but everyone in the group hears it. You'll have maybe a couple of your people that are change resistant. They're back in the levels one and two of the model. And they might argue, and that's okay. But you'll find that you'll be having the group emphasize how it's beneficial. The second thing is you might then segue into, how is this exciting? How could this be an opportunity? Asking the question, giving them the space to actually start thinking, oh, I hadn't even looked at it like that. And it's, what do we do to make the change happen? And also, what do we stop doing? I'm a huge fan of having teams think about, what can you let go? Because we all know senior management is great at giving us more and more actions to do. They almost never come along and say, hey, and you could stop doing X, Y, and Z. But that's where I think... On the ground floor, we do have to anticipate problems and start working out what can I fast track or delete. The other thing that you can do is prepare your people to be change ready. One of the reasons people fear change is the dreaded restructure, whether you're going to lose your role. And as a manager, I can't guarantee my people won't lose roles. But if I get my people change ready, and I know this is coming, we can do preemptive work. We can do workshops on getting your resume ready. We can do workshops on interview skills. We can work on identifying through perhaps a SWOT analysis what strengths and skills people have. Because depending on their mindset, some people are absolutely opaque to the qualities that they bring to the workplace. And I know certainly where I've worked with people and helped them identify those skills, whether it's in coaching or as a group, people are often surprised when I say, well, you've got this, you contribute this, there's that, there's the other. And this applies even at very senior levels as well. Mm. A lot of senior people have this parent-child view of managing change and say, we can't tell our people about this change is coming because they're just all going to get stressed about it and they're all going to get worried. They're not going to be able to function. But you're doing them a disservice because of the very reason you talked about is that you give them the time to reflect and understand it. But you know what? Your people are pretty darn smart and they usually know that something's coming well before any sort of announcement. Mm. And I guarantee you, and it's been proven to me over and over again, the Chinese whispers and the rumor mill that kicks in is always worse than the actual real announcement in the end. So be transparent, communicate as soon as you can and give the people and your managers that time to support their people as well. You talked about fear-based resistance and you're right. There are gonna be instances where people will look for reasons to resist change and come up with technical reasons and whatnot. 
And what people usually fear is fear of loss of something, you know, and to explore what that perceived loss could be. And so is, is around my reputation, my expertise, the relationships that I have with my people. Is my team going to get broken up? Fear of loss of control over my own destiny. It's all valid fears that should be talked about. Get it out in the open and help your people through those conversations by looking for ways to give them back some sort of sense of control. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, Tracy, is there anything else that you really want to leave our listeners with in terms of advice or suggestions or insights about leading change? Accept mm. that change is here to stay. And we need to develop our own positive attitude to change. And that will then help us in turn support our people. Some of the practical tips are get your people change ready. Preemptively build those skills. So that can mean training. Have a model. The five levels of change models you can ask people to diagnose where do they sit in that model? What would be the next logical step for them to make? And make change part of your regular meetings. Every growth is predicated on a change somewhere, whether it's an individual, a team or an organisational change. So we might as well get comfortable with it. And the more comfortable you do get with it, the more valuable you are both for your organization, yourself, and broader for your career overall. Brilliant. Thanks, Tracy. I love that idea of creating change to just get people used to regular normal change in some way, whether it's about personal growth or, or anything else, just to get that change muscle, stop it from atrophying. I'm talking to a client right now. It is an organization that has not gone through a whole lot of change somehow up until recently. And yeah, those change muscles have completely atrophied. They're just not able to deal with it. Yeah, if you do get that, get them to tidy up the workplace. Because mm. what happens is when they're tidying and ideally actually rearrange the furniture, whether they mean to or not, it gives them a different perspective. Right. Well, thank you, Tracy, for all that great hints and tips and advice on how to lead people through change. And like I said, Tracy's also done a podcast with us on conflict management, and you can check out both on our fastly.com website or Spotify or iTunes. Until next time, thank you, Tracy. You're very welcome. Thank you, Derek. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Fast Leader Podcast. I'm Darren Fox, Chief Research Officer and Principal Consultant at HFL. You can email us at info at fastly.com with any questions. We'd love to hear ideas about topics for future podcasts. You can also check out the Fastlead website, fastlead.com, for supporting material from this podcast. Watch out for our future podcasts as we explore each of the 14 Fastlead topics in more detail and discuss some of the latest management research, news, and topical issues of the day. And until next time, this has been the Fastleader Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.